Yeah, it was good. He said, but it wasn't biblical. And I said, what do you mean? He says, well, the Bible says there were six pots. So we had to go out and find another four. But, but, uh, you know, he was slowly teaching me that as as more as we stay to the Bible scripture. And I also had blocked it to where when the water turned to wine, the whole stage reacted, you know, as they and uh, as I read my Bible that night, I realized that was wrong because the Bible says, only the maids and Jesus and his mother knew what had happened. Well, I'm looking forward to the next half hour with my dear friend, Dr. Jim Whitmire. He stopped by the studio to talk about the Mid-America Passion Play 2022. It's coming up quickly, and we've got yes. some things to talk about with that. But, Jim, it's always good to see you. We had a chance to have some time together at our pastor's luncheon over at Bellevue yesterday. Oh, that was wonderful. David Barton was the special speaker. Oh, yes. We drew about 45 names for prizes. I, I think your name was drawn, wasn't it? I did. I got a prize. <laughs> I got about four or five books. That was wonderful. That's nice. Do you like to read? I love it. I'll read three or four books a week. Do you? Well, they say people who are real astute, you know, oh, the, absolutely. the real brains, you know, read <laughs> a lot. <you> know? <laughs> well, as I mentioned, we're coming up on the heels of another passion play, and I know there's a lot going on in your mind, and you've got a great team and uh, volunteers that help make this happen. But as I was thinking about us getting together, I kind of wondered about the history of the Passion Play, not necessarily the history of the Passion Play here that you've been involved with for almost 40 years now that you've produced a Passion Play of some sort, either in Memphis or when you were in Florida, even the ones you've done overseas in missions. I read back in 1633 was the beginning of the Passion Play, and and, and actually I think it had some earlier roots before that, but you know the famous Passion play yeah, in Germany. Ober Ammergau. Yes. Yeah, yeah Ober Ammergau yeah. that happens every 10 years. Yes. This is a pretty big production, right? Oh, it, it's huge. And I think they uh, made a vow to the Lord if he would save their town. He did, obviously. They vowed that they would do this every 10 years for his glory. Was it the Living Pictures, your first involvement with the dramatic portrayal of that last week of Christ on Earth? Yes, uh, we had done a musical called Celebrate Life at First Baptist Church, Merritt Island, Florida. And that got to be a a huge thing in the 70s with churches doing um, uh, that Celebrate Life. And a lot of people were saved because of it. And uh, that was uh, using Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four disciples who were the narrators with the wonderful music that Burl did. And Living Pictures was what grew out of that when I came to Bellevue. So there were other churches that had already performed the Living Pictures, or was that the first time at Bellevue that Living Pictures was produced? Yes, that was, that was just pure Bellevue, that yeah. the Living Pictures with the scrim, yes, you know, the right. scrim came yeah. up and... And uh, we got that idea from California, from Laguna Beach. They would use a scrim. Uh, they had a festival out there where they would recreate yep. uh, masterpieces of uh, art. Right. And uh, it's amazing. You'd think you were looking at the scrim, and when you put light behind the scrim, it shows up. But if you put light on the front of it, it, it darks it out. Right. So we took that science and, uh, and used it at Bellevue and just roped off the whole 50 feet by 40 feet uh, uh, scrim area of the church. So we were able to act in front of the scrim, and we could talk and do scenes about the crucifixion. All of a sudden, 
the lights would come up behind the screen and you'd see Jesus on the cross and the whole crucifixion. And at that time, there was Greg McGregor who played yes. Jesus, a, a seminary student from Mid-America, I believe. Yes. But at that time, there was no speaking. He didn't have words to no, say. I, they were just acting out the yeah, scenes. We, we didn't let him speak. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as we moved to the new site of Bellevue, uh, we had a stage that was too big to scrim off. So it became... Uh, more like a play. Uh, we we did have a curtain, if you remember, that we right. could. It was a huge yes, curtain was. that we could draw. Uh, we don't even have that at the seminary, so it has to be uh, all done in in the open and with lights. But our our second Jesus was uh, Carrie Vaughn, who is now head of Love Worth Finding with Adrian Rogers Ministries. But mm, he did that for like seventeen, eighteen years. Are ministers of music typically skilled and prepared to direct and oversee stage productions like passion plays and other type of ministry productions, you think? No, not normally. I I think uh, God gifts people with gifts. Uh, I've always enjoyed the, the theater and doing um, doing plays and and things. You know, at Bellevue, we did the the singing Christmas tree and we did celebrate America and and, you know, we would do um, choir tours, but we'd always have a, a playlist or something in that. And I love the the big productions. And uh, and I think the the men who sort of are, uh, have a bent toward that, you will see those uh, in, in the churches and, and others don't don't do that. Were you involved with back in school, high school and plays, church productions? Yes, you did yes that. I always enjoyed that. And, and I, I was in a lot of uh, plays in in college too and so i would watch what they would do with the scenery and uh but i found early on at bellevue that uh god gifts every church with people who have these gifts and so i couldn't begin to paint the scenery or design it but i have people around me who are so gifted or who do lights like ben cole who does the lights and rache saba who does our background uh ken um, uh, Bridges, who who does the the back scene and the the rocks and, and so forth. Does it kind of remind you, Jim, when you think about when the temple was built, all the skilled craftsmen mm-hmm. that God used, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the the those who were the uh, Bible says were skilled at, at weaving cloth, and those who were skilled at uh, chiseling stone or, or working gold. You have golden? <laughs> There's no gold, right? We have goldish. Yeah, goldish. <laughs> what is the most important thing when presenting scriptural truth in a dramatic stage performance? I think it's to be true to the scriptures. Uh, Lisa Parker, uh, for so many years, has uh, written the scripts for Bellevue and still does with what they do with the singing uh, Christmas tree and all that. And she did those years, uh, when, when I was there and she stayed so close to the scripture that so many of the words that the Pharisees and Jesus and Pilate, John the Baptist are, are just straight from the scripture. And we learned that from Adrian Rogers. He, we were, we were blocking a scene of the wedding scene one day and, uh, uh, he came in just to watch it in the auditorium. He loved watching the passion play and loved us watching us put things together. And uh, so as we we did the wedding scene, we had two pots 
And so we poured one pot of water into the other one. It became, you know, the blood turned. And I said, how'd you like that scene? He said, yeah, it was good. He said, but it wasn't biblical. And I said, what do you mean? He says, well, the Bible says there were six pots. So we had to go out and find another four. But, but, uh, you know, he was slowly teaching me that as, as more as we stay to the Bible scripture. And I also had blocked it to where when the water turned to wine, the whole stage reacted, you know, as they, and uh, as I read my Bible that night, I realized that was wrong because the Bible says only the maids and Jesus and his mother knew what had happened. So when you, when you see the passion play uh, in in next week, (laughs) you'll see the six pots and you'll see that only the reaction comes from the maids and everyone else is, is doing their own thing. So as closely to me, there's more power in that to stay. Don't do a lot of fantasy. Yes, that's right. A lot of churches go off and they create moms and dads and nieces for all these Bible characters that is just uh, conjecture. And the more you put in conjecture, the this, yeah, I think you're lessening the strength right. of, yes. of using the real Going story. back to Adrian Rogers' appreciation for productions like The Passion Play, I know that he loved going to Sight and Sound Theater, where the Bible comes to yes. life up in oh, Pennsylvania. Yes. Now, there's also a stage in Branson yes. where yes. these stage productions, that, Joseph or wonderful. Esther or even Jesus, comes to stage. Even churches that don't have the budget like you're familiar with working from to produce a production, should they still consider producing or having a production oh, like a passion absolutely. play? absolutely. We found this out in uh, Uruguay when the Lord led us to do it. For four years, we went down to Uruguay and did the passion play there. Uh, we'd do like a one-night stand or a two-night stand and end up uh, with maybe a couple of nights or three nights in Montevideo, which mm-hmm. is the capital. And, uh, we found out that we didn't have, um, we didn't have all of the lights and the sound and everything that Bellevue has. And, you know, and you think, well, if I don't have that, I can't do it. No, we used what we had. We had Ben Cole, who was just a master of light and sound anyway. And, uh, we would, uh, and we would adjust to every stage. We, uh, we designed a, a set that would go in any stage set. And we still have that size set at Mid America. When I did the Passion Play at First Baptist Church Jacksonville, I redid that. It was one, um, uh, that was designed at, at, uh, uh, at, at Bellevue. Right. And so, uh, we, I, I did it at first Dallas. I did it at Jacksonville. I, I did it here and did it at Germantown. Uh, that same size said it's a wonderful size and we put the three crosses on it, but it goes on any size stage. Wow. That is beautiful. And you know. just use what you have and God, if God leads you to do it, You'll do it, and whatever you have, you do it to the best of your ability, and it works. (laughs) For the glory of Christ. Yeah, with lots of prayer. Yes. Speaking of prayer, can you recall specific things or ways that you prayed for the Passion Play presentations and seeing those prayers answered? Yes. I I know when we went to Uruguay those four years, um, I I talked with Derek Duncan. He was the the man. uh, We found out at Bellevue that with our missions, uh, projects that God laid countries on men's heart. 
Well, we had five, six, seven men that, that went to certain countries every summer. They would take mission teams to Africa, to Uruguay, to, to Europe or South America or Mexico. Mm-hmm. And with, with, uh, Derek Duncan, he had already built 13 churches in Uruguay, uh, over a, a period of you know, several years. And uh, so I had I had tossed out this idea of a passion play to all of these men. I, I talked with Adrian Rogers about it, and they were all for it, but no one had a real uh, desire laid on their heart to do it. Well, when I mentioned it to Derek, I could see the fire come in his eyes. He said, Jim, we can do that. And our goal was to go down there and sure, see professions of faith each year, but our goal was to leave the set, the costumes, everything down there with them and let them do it. Right. And that was uh, in the early turn of the century, about 2003, 4, 5, 6, uh, that we did that. And we left everything with them. We did. And they're still doing it today. Are they? Yes. We, oh, we, we took we'd take between 40 and 45 people who paid their way to go down there and we would add in maybe 20 or 30 Uruguayans and they didn't speak English and we didn't <laughs> we didn't speak uh Spanish so uh but we could tell with their enthusiasm they knew what we were doing they knew the story yes. we'd already picked out the Jesus that they should use and and he was the one they chose <laughs> because we could see him working those years we were down oh. there and it's it's been wonderful. There was a there was a missionary that had a heart for theater, and so when we left, she took all of the stage, took all of the costumes, and worked with them through those years. And they've had salvations every year from that. Wow, that is so wonderful, Jim. Well, the focus of the Passion Play is really the gospel. What is the message of the gospel that people need to hear and respond to? Well, absolutely, that Jesus is God's perfect Lamb. In fact, we show that when he is lifted up on the cross, the high priest lifts up the lamb, which is really what happened in Jerusalem, and uh, and that he was foreshadowed all through the Old Testament. All of the sacrifices, the worship culminated in that person of interest that was born in the fullness of time, uh, the perfect timing with, with the Roman roads, the Roman mail, the Roman, there were there was the Pax Romana, there was peace in the whole known world at that time. Uh, he came in the perfect time, better than today, and uh, he burst through history because 2,000 years later, we're still talking about Jesus. We have divided our time because of Jesus. And there's a book called A Person of Interest by J. Warner Wallace that he is a cold case detective. And he was an atheist as he started writing this book, proving uh, a cold case detective is one who takes old homicides that haven't been solved, and he goes back and solves them many times after the the uh, eyewitnesses have died, testimonies have died, and you know, it was a hung jury or whatever. And he does Jesus that way, and he goes back and he became a Christian as he as he studied wow. uh, all of this. But uh, it, it's to realize that Jesus is God's Son, and uh, and when he died on the cross and yelled, "It is finished!" That was the earthquake, and the veil of the temple rent in two, which was covering the holy of holies. And before that, only the high priest could enter into the Holy of Holies one time a year at Yom Kippur. But when that veil rent in two, 
that opened the way that all of us could go into that veil and go into the Holy of Holies. And so we picture so many things like that. that, uh, And then then you see the resurrection. And then at the end, uh, uh, Dr. Spradlin will stand up and give the plan of salvation, you know, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. and, And we need to confess our sin, believe that Christ is the Son of God, and ask Him to come into our hearts and lives. And so... Um, you know, when you leave there, you will you will have heard the gospel yes. and experienced it. Yes, that's so wonderful to know that that message of Christ's salvation is available to all of us. Anyone listening right now, yes, can just say, "Save me, Lord Jesus." Absolutely, you'll do that. Yes, yeah, isn't that beautiful? Okay, I know as you have read and you studied, you meditated, I'm sure much on that last week of Christ's life on Earth. What speaks to you most about the events of that week? I think the the fulfillment of all of those prophecies from the Old Testament, from Abraham, uh, who who is offering uh, his son Isaac, you know, on Mount Moriah, which is the same mountain where the temple was built, and and you see the um, uh, you see all the foreshadowing. The Old Testament tells us when uh, the even the town that Jesus would be born in. And, uh, and so we see that fulfillment in him. And, uh, we realize that, that, that this is truth. And, um, uh, and the more you study, the more you come to realize that the truth of the Bible is what the world needs today. We are so divided on absolute truth. The world thinks there is no absolute truth, but there is. And, uh, the subtitle, of our passion play this year is again Thomas saying, "Lord, I believe." He was doubting Thomas. Yes. He, uh, he, even after the resurrection, he didn't believe that that uh, Jesus really resurrected until eight days later he appeared with them, and Jesus said, "You know, touch my right. my hands, right. touch my side." And Thomas said, "Lord, I believe." And uh, Pilate. When he stood before Jesus, he said, what is truth? And that, that's, that's the big scene in the Passion Play this year. What is truth? And uh, Jesus said, basically, he was the truth, but he said, if you believe in the truth, you will believe the words that I have said. And if we are following truth and we have a little light and we live up to that light, God gives us more light. Yeah. If we know light and we start turning toward the darkness, we get more darkness. And uh, so that is a subtitle. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one cometh unto the Father but by me. Well, as you mentioned, the Mid-America Passion Play returns here to the Mid-South in 2022 under your direction, March 31st through April 3rd at Mid-America Seminary. Now, this is almost 40 years of you directing a Passion Play. What stirs your heart the most about directing a passion play in this particular passion play? Of course, you know, I would say those who accept Christ as their Savior, but there are many who come and see and don't accept Christ then. But what we've done is we've planted a seed yes. that, that someone else can come and lead them to the Lord right. because they've had that germinating in their heart. But I think one of the beauties of all of this is seeing the community of the actors on stage, the orchestra, the pit, those who are making costumes, those who are doing the makeup, 
uh, that are washing the blood off the stage. And it becomes a community of believers who who believe in what they're doing. And, of course, you know, it's it's volunteers. So uh, it's a wonderful uh, healing. You know, it just was reminded in this conversation as we're talking how the Passion Play in Eureka Springs when I was about 11 or 12 years old, my mom and uh, my aunt, my parents had divorced, and my aunt and her husband were divorced. And so she took – my cousin was about the same age, and we went to that Passion Play. And, Jim, I remember walking out of that when I was 12 years old, and I had all kinds of questions. Why did he die? What yes. all this happened? I asked all these questions, and at that moment, sadly, no one in the car had answers for me because there was no believers in the car mm. at that time. Yeah. And so there was another probably four years went by before I received Christ when I was a teenager at 16. But that seed. But that seed was planted at that moment. And I just thought about that. But it was through a passion play that God planted. And multiple. I can look back and see other times where other instances and things that happened in my life that were seeds planted. Well, we have living proof in this one. We have one of our disciples is an Afghan warrior. He spent four years uh, as a Marine in Afghanistan. And he came back and he's... uh, uh, playing one of the disciples, and he was saved in 1999 as a 14-, 15-year-old at Bellevue's Passion Play, and now he's playing a disciple in ours. Another one uh, that's in there is uh, Mark Livingston, who's pastor at Broadway Baptist Church. He's singing the role of John the Baptist, but he and his wife were members of Bellevue in the early 80s, and they came to Living Pictures and uh, and she was saved at the Passion Play. Wow. And, of course, he became a pastor. And then uh, we have the Kettlers, uh, Tim and Lisa Kettler, you know, who have Noah and Caleb, who yes. have sung in the Singing Christmas Tree so many years. But Noah was saved as, as a young boy uh, by coming to the Passion Play at, at Bellevue. So uh, we we have these families that, that are now and grown men and women right. who right. are working in the passion play wow. who have been affected by it. That is so wonderful. Okay, so tell me about Mid America Seminary and College, Crossroads Baptist Church, and Love We're Finding Ministries joining together for this year's presentation of the Passion Play. Well, this is really a first for us to have a Love We're Finding Ministries with Adrian Rogers. Uh, uh, these three are our sponsors. And one of the things that, um, Love Worth Finding has is, is a, a video. It's an hour video out that they've produced with, um, Adrian Rogers. Of course, Adrian Rogers has gone on to glory now, but, but he, he, he's featured in it. And of all things, it's titled What is Truth? And so we're going to show a trailer of that um, uh, several times before the Passion Play begins each night, and he will stand up and talk about this, um, and uh, and it's sort of just a, a precursor to the what is truth that will be used in in the Passion Play. But these three together, it's been a wonderful um, uh, sponsorship yes. to have them, and and we have uh, others like Life's Choices bought a whole page in the program. I can't talk about this without tearing up too. But they had uh, eight hundred eighty nine babies that that were saved from destruction. You know, this past yes. year, and and they've got all these names that just cover the page, oh. and and it's top. It's known, named, 
and born, you know, oh, wow. and I thought, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but but they they come along, you know, they, they're sort of a, a co-sponsor with us too. Well, the cast, crew, and orchestra of over 250 sharing the gospel to more than 5,000, basically, who attend this production. Is that right? Um, yeah, the, the number's a little inflated. I think we have between 150 and 200 that are backstage, orchestra, pit, and on stage. And we we can seat around uh, 1,200 each performance. We have five performances starting uh, Thursday night at 7 o'clock, March 31st. And then we have Friday night, Saturday, two performances, and one Sunday night, ending on Sunday night. April 3rd. Uh, April 3rd, right. yes. And if they want tickets, they can go to midamericapassionplay.org, or they can call Crossroads Baptist Church, which is 901-309-7777, which okay. is a good number. That's a great number. Yeah. But they should go ahead and make those reservations for those tickets now, shouldn't they? Yes, they, yeah. they should. If they're challenged in going online, Call Crossroads Baptist Church. Ruth Ann Shelton will be glad to uh, take and help them. And, as and many tickets as you want, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> In fact, we've we've already had one man to buy a hundred. Really? So, yeah. So that's that's wonderful. But of course, the the seminary there, located on Appling Road, across from Bellevue Baptist Church, I forty in Appling, is, yes. is where the Passion Play will be taking place. Yes, Jim. It's always good, my friend, to see you. To talk to you. We're part of the same only child club, you know. You remember that. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's another something special that I like about you. Only child. We're not spoiled, are we? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. God bless you. It's You're- my pleasure. I always enjoy being with you and uh I love how the Lord has saved you and and even saved you through the COVID and, and all of this. Oh, that's, I'm very praise His name, prayer. Jim. This is my first interview in the studio after eight weeks. I'm thankful <laughs> oh, to be goodness. back here. I never will forget too. When I was in high school, I was I think I was a junior in high school. I was just starting to go to Bellevue downtown at that time. Tommy Lane was the music director, and you were the youth music youth. director. Uh-huh. And I remember you grabbing me and saying, come up here, you need to sing in the choir. Took me up to the piano and said, hit this note, hit that note. Okay, I'll, say, I'll see you at practice at 5 <laughs> o'clock tonight. And if it wasn't for Robert Dennison, who had an incredible baritone voice, yes. I could stand by him. Then I could yeah. try to stay on key as much as possible. Yeah. But we had some great memories and had a chance to do some choir tour with you. I remember when we did the first time we put on the uh, Celebrate America, actually with the, the Travel Trade Convention yes. at the Pyramid. You know, I was senior in high school. We had those little sparkly jackets oh, that yeah. we had to go. Good had, looking. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Some great memories, though. Yeah. Thank you for what you have invested in Christ's kingdom. Thanks for being our guest. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Mid-South Viewpoint is locally produced in the Bot Radio Network Memphis studios. The show is available at botradionetwork.com or on the Bot Radio mobile app for iPhone and Android users, as well as iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you have an idea for an upcoming show, email btyler at botradionetwork.com.